Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is to Thomas. He's gone. Touchdown, Saints. Got a bunch of room and some blockers. Hurdling a blocker at the 25. Inside the 15. What a run by Kamara, who's all the way in for a touchdown. Wow. Reese, quick throw. Sanders got there. Football fans and hoodats all over the world, get ready for an episode of Believe in Saints on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Hendricks. And welcome back to another episode of Believe in Saints. I'm your host, John Hendricks, alongside Terrence Copper, coming at you to talk a little bit about Week 7 and the Monday night football game against the Seattle Seahawks. Because, hey, we didn't have football last weekend. It was kind of nice, a breath of fresh air, if you will. Terrence, how was things with you, man? Everything's going good. How about yourself? Oh, uh, you know, can't complain too much. You're just back to the, the real world, right? I mean, the Saints, it's uh, different when you play on Monday Night Football. And, you know, for those who just don't know, obviously, it's um, they come off the bye. I was talking to Cam Jordan the other day. He said, that, you know, they were back at practice on Tuesday. But, you know, things are different because you get your injury report typically on a Wednesday, the first one if you play on Sunday. But it's the first injury report, first glimpse of practice today. But, you know, talk, I guess, let's start there, man. You know, when you're – fresh off a of bye week, then you get an extra day and then you have to turn around on a short week to, to go back home to play, you know, the, the Buccaneers and such, and you're traveling from the West coast. I mean, what does that look like as a player? I mean, does that really affect much? Uh, yeah, it definitely does. Uh, it does. But one thing about it is the coaches do a great job of giving you that time off where you not necessarily have time off, but at practice, practice is not as, in, as intense. Uh, you're not going full pads more than likely you're not going uh, shoulder pads at all. So it's more of a walkthrough. Uh, maybe the first day back to practice, you may do a little something, but after that, you really start going through walkthroughs, just making sure that you understand your assignment and not necessarily going through the physical part of a practice. We're back in better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all of the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, and uh, you know it's uh, it's interesting because I remember you know Sean was just talking about it on his conference call that he had with us this morning uh, on Thursday that you know some of the things that go into those like when they had Drew get hurt they were had back to back. West Coast trips and he had his team stay out. They were in LA and then they flew mm -hmm. up to Seattle and just practiced in Seattle. So, I mean, I think, you know, when coaches uh, show signs like that, obviously it's big for the players and such. And, you know, again, that's kind of goes back to that mindset. I mean, we talked about it after the week two loss to Carolina, you know, you, you miss all those coaches, you know, things are going to get affected in a certain way. Right. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, so, but the coaching staff, they, they're, they're built for it. You know, they're going to have their players ready uh, and the players, they have their bodies ready. And so that, that is the biggest thing, just being prepared mentally. When I say mentally, I'm talking about uh, knowing the game plan, understanding your assignment and also the physical part of just making sure your body's ready. Absolutely. 
And, you know, speaking of ready, I mean, look, there's a lot of things to look forward to this week, right? I mean, the Saints are a team. They're three and two right now. They look to be getting a lot healthier going into this. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they could get Quan Alexander back this week. Trey Quan Smith, Marcus Davenport, guys that have been designated to return from injured reserve. And, you know, obviously uh, they could get back Eric McCoy this week. They made mm-hmm. some moves, if you will. Will Lutz has been designated return. Obviously, that's a little bit different of a situation because, you know, they did add the, the kicker, Brian Johnson, from the Bears practice squad. So they have to – he has to be there for at least three games. And then mm-hmm. you got Michael Thomas, who's believed to be a few weeks away. But, you know, look, again, you say adversity is probably the biggest theme that this team has faced this year. Um, but what a jolt of energy getting big-time players back at this point of the season when you have 12 games left on the, the, uh, the docket. Yeah, definitely. And and honestly, the way the, the way the Saints have started out this year, I'm telling you, all the adversity they went through, like you just mentioned, to be sitting here coming off a of bye at three and two, honestly, you really can't ask for anything else. I promise you, they're probably sitting in that locker room like, you know what? We came out of this thing with a, with a winning record so far right now. We're still sitting in a good spot, you know, with everything that went on with the hurricane situation, uh, with injuries. Everything that with the coaching staff, uh, everybody being quarantined at times, you know, so it's like where we're sitting at right now could be a lot worse. And I promise you, they are not complaining about it right now. Of course, they could have they could have pulled out some other games, but to be sitting three and two right now after everything they went through and going through, you know, this is nothing to, to feel bad about. Yeah, and we talked about it. I mean, we talked about them and their ability to weather the storm, so to speak. And, look, you're going to have some tough games down the stretch. I mean, you got at Tennessee. That's a a tough task with Derrick Henry. You've got Mm -hmm. Buffalo at home on Thanksgiving, then followed by Dallas a week later on Thursday night football. I mean, and then you got a a rematch, if you will, with Tampa, with Jameis going into Tampa and playing Sunday night football against the Bucs. So, I mean, they definitely are a team that I feel like is built for this back half, if you will. And I don't know to say back half because – I always base it based on when your bye week is, but, you know, we haven't even hit a mid point of the season for them yet, but, you know, again, the ability to get back, you know, a bunch of their healthy players, get some continuity going. I I feel like, you know, maybe it's not necessarily this game against Seattle, but definitely the following week against Tampa that you could see as close to hundred percent saints team as you're going to see all season. And so again, you've got Seattle on the other side, they're two and four, Mm -hmm. they've had some struggles, right? They lose Russell Wilson, Mm -hmm lose some crazy games, if you will, and, and uh, they're a team trying to figure things out. This is actually the third straight primetime game, right? And, and so they play Thursday night football, then they had the Sunday night game, or what is it, the uh, Monday night game, Sunday night game and such. So, look, they're in a spot where they need some answers, and probably maybe they're the more hungry team because now they're in the NFC West and staring at the bottom rung, and it's a Pete Carroll coach team. So, I mean, what are you expecting from the Seahawks team that, that really needs this win probably more than the Saints do? You know, I expect them to have the exact same game plan that the New Orleans Saints have. I'm talking about when I say the exact same game plan, it's going to be the exact same game plan. If you look at if you look at what what the Saints are trying to do, they're trying to establish the run. They're trying to get Kamara involved, uh, and they're trying to play great defense and play good special teams uh, because they have a we have a quarterback that he's a capable quarterback, but you want to limit him out of certain situations until he really gets familiar with this offense, and then Coach Payton start to trust him to do other things. Not saying Coach Payton don't trust him now, but you know, you still got to limit certain things to kind of protect him from himself because you know his background. You know he's he can turn the ball over. 
if you put him in certain situations, but he also can go out there and put up a ton of numbers as well. So you want to kind of limit certain things or putting it, limit him putting himself in bad situations. And so if you look at the Seahawks, they're in the exact same thing, especially with Russell Wilson being injured. You got Geno in, you know, he is a capable quarterback as well, but you don't want to put him in a situation where he just dropped back passing a ton of times because he, at the end of the day, he's still a backup. He hasn't been playing as much as Wilson been playing. So he's still learning things and he's, and you're still trying to put him in good situations. So they want to establish the run game as well and try to play good defense behind it and play solid on special teams. So trust me, they're going to have the exact, the exact same game plan of what they want to do going into this game because they're kind of in similar situations, but not really similar, but quarterback situations are similar. Yeah. And it's funny you bring it up because I mean, they, they ran for 144 yards against the Steelers last week and, they didn't have the time of possession. They also had five sacks allowed on Geno Smith. And, you know, I was talking to Believe in Saints, the other, or Seahawks the other day, and mm-hmm. Lofa Tatupa, a great linebacker to play for them for several years and, and went on to coaching a little bit. I mean, he was talking about that Pete Carroll's going to want to run the ball here, no matter if they mm-hmm. have Collins in, no matter who they have running the ball. And, look, this is a tough front the Saints have, right? I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're second in the NFL and run defense only behind the Bucks, and they're only giving up, I think it's 71 yards a game on the ground, which is was tremendous But because we thought maybe there'd be a little bit of fall-off because you lost Sheldon Rankins, you lost Malcolm Brown. Those were two huge plugs in the middle. But, you know, mm-hmm. look – if I'm Pete Carroll and the run's not working, do you let Gino, you know, try to, to really air it out against the Saints defense? It's, it's, it seems to be getting better, or do you just try to stick with the run? I mean, when you're a play caller, an offense that's just not finding success, is it chunk plays? Is it short plays? What do you do to kind of get yourself going? Uh, first, if, if you can't get the run game going, which you really – you don't want to – you don't really don't want to abandon the run just because you're getting stopped a few times and things like that. You don't want to abandon the run. You never want to just abandon it unless you just completely have nothing going in the run game. And even then, you still want to sprinkle runs in. But if they can't run the ball successfully, then you start throwing screens. You start getting to the screen game. Again, still keeping it short, throwing quick game stuff. Uh, and then, But don't get me wrong, Geno is an able quarterback because you think about the last two games he, play, he has played. Uh, when when Russell Wilson first got hurt, he came in, had some good drives, came down and scored, you know, and they lost that game at the end of the game. He threw a pick at the end of the game, but that wasn't his fault. The receiver slipped and fell. And then the last game they played, when they played Pittsburgh, they was in position to win that game. You know, they had the ball in the last drive going down, but strip sack fumble again, but that, the ball's in Geno's hands. So Geno is an able quarterback. It's just the last couple of games, they had a couple of things go wrong at the worst times. You know, so uh, I think if they have to get into a shootout, I don't think that that's going to be successful for any one of our, either one of the teams. I don't think uh, the Saints want to get into a shootout where the quarterback just had to throw a ton of passes. But, of course, if they have to do that, they will. And I don't think the Seahawks want to get in that type of game either, to where it's just a shootout where everybody – we got to throw about 40 passes, 40, 50 passes to get this to get this win. But, of course, if that's what they have to do, they're definitely going to do it. But you don't want to get in them tight games. Yeah, and look, and, you know, you said Gino wasn't bad. I mean, he was 23-32, 209 yards, a touchdown. I mean, it wasn't – you know, eye-popping, but they had Collins run the ball 20 times for 101 yards, a touchdown. You know, mm-hmm. again, Metcalf only missed on one of his targets, six balls, 58 yards. I mean, obviously, I'm looking forward to seeing who matches up against him. You know, you got two really highly talented wide receivers. Sean Payton talked about it on his conference calls, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. 
So, I mean, again, you know, you saw the the smoke that Marshawn Lattimore wanted against Washington with Terry McLaurin, but, you know, on the opposite mm-hmm. side, if it's Bradley Roby or, or uh, you know, the rookie Paulson Adebo against Lockett or Metcalf, I mean, there could be some success that, that Geno Smith could have on the day, you know, Gerald Everett's a, a good tight end threat that they have. And so, I mean, again, it, I think for Geno and, and for the Saints or Saints defense and then the Seahawks front specifically, they got to be able to protect him. But in the a flip side, you know, the Saints have not been a, a great team getting after the passer. And, and you know, when play, teams play the Saints, I think that's something that they recognize and they really want to get that ball out within a couple of seconds to make sure that the, the defenders don't have the time to get to the passer. But Look, you know, it's going to be an interesting chess match. Carroll's been around a long time. I mean, what do you think how this this kind of plays out a little bit? And, you know, what could you see? You know, let's just say this. Seattle wins if they do this. What would that be? Seattle wins if, like we said earlier, if they can move the ball rushing, uh, if they can limit Geno uh, with, him, with him throwing, Seattle wins. And Seattle will have to win the, the, um, the turnover battle, and they're going to have to win special teams. Uh, those are things that can really turn the ties, turnovers and win the special teams battle. Uh, but to go back to what you were saying earlier about which corner we're going to put on which receiver, to me personally, after, after watching DK Metcalf and, and seeing how he run his routes, I'm going to put my most physical and my biggest corner on Metcalf. And the reason why I say that because he's a specimen. He is, he is not normal. He's super strong and he's super fast straight line and he's physical you know but he's not he's not that good getting in and out of breaks he's not you know but what he does what he does a good job is he can out physical you you know he can out uh, because he's so big and so tall and so strong he can go up and make those plays so that's why I'm going to put my biggest corner and my most physical corner on DK Metcalf uh, because you don't want to get him going. Because uh, once he start, once he gets going, that opens up so much, so many other things. That's when Lockett really can start going off, and Lockett can go off by itself without help. But if if Metcalf get going, then that's going to open up a lot of things for Lockett as well. So I'm going to put my quickest corner on Lockett. But I'm going to put my biggest corner and my most physical corner on Metcalf, and to kind of shut that pass game down. Absolutely. And look, I think the Saints have the tools to do it right. And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the Seahawks, but on the flip side, New Orleans, you know, I, I think their defense is is going to be, you know, getting some big boosts back here. But now let's talk about the offense. You know, I mean, this is a Saints offense that they're almost dead last in, in the league in yards. Right. And some of that's skewed mm-hmm. because of the bye week and such. But, you know, definitely mm-hmm. 31st ranked offensive attack when it comes to that. Obviously, it's not characteristic, but. Look, their red zone defense and red zone offense has been really successful. I mean, you know, you look at sometimes those stats aren't so telling, if you will. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I know it's killing Sean just a little bit to be like, man, I don't have a an offense that's really blowing it up on the stat sheet. But at the same time, I mean, when you're efficient and you can do things in the red zone and having to score touchdowns instead of field goals and then on the opposite side, not having to allow touchdowns and just allowing field goals. I mean, it's a huge break. And, you know, I mean, talk a little bit about Jameis Winston and maybe what you want to see from him and Alvin Kamara this game and what the Saints maybe would would need to do to, to get a victory here. Uh, well, definitely need to get Kamara going, uh, whether that's the run game, whether that's the screen game. And the reason why I feel like we're we're so successful down in the red zone is because not necessarily Winston, don't get me wrong, he's, he's a good quarterback down the red zone as well. But 
when you got Hill back there, the backup quarterback, Hill, and you can give him the ball and he can run, he can do sprint outs and he can throw it or he can keep it and run it in because he's a big old quarterback. Uh, honestly, he to me, he's a running back playing quarterback, that can, but he can throw the ball as well. You know, so when you have guys like that, uh, that can kind of switch things up because that's going to keep the defense on their toes. They don't know if Hill's going to throw it. Of course, a big percentage of it when Hill gets in the game at quarterback and down in the red zone, uh, a large percentage of it, he's going to run the ball. But at the end of the day, does he really run it every time? Is he going to really run it every time? Because he is capable of throwing the ball. So defenses have to be aware of that as well. So just having him in, in the red zone and being able to run the ball with uh, with Kamara, you know, these guys, those are reasons why we're more successful in the red zone because we can kind of do multiple things down there, you know, with the quarterback position as well as running it as well. So everything don't have to be a pass play when we're trying to score just because they're stopping our running back per se because you do have a quarterback that can run it as well. And, and defensively, we just do a great job of making plays when we need to make plays. Not saying that our defense is just an all-world defense. We Yes, we got a good run defense, but – offenses do tend to move the ball down the field on us. But when we have to step up and make a play, our defense steps up. When I say our defense, the Saints defense steps up to make a play, whether it's getting a, a big stop, whether it's getting an interception. You know, They make plays when it's time to make plays. And so at the end of the day, offensively, yeah, we, we, don't, have a, we don't have crazy numbers like we're used to having with the Saints, but we're getting wins. Our defense is holding up for us. Our offense are coming through for us when we need to. I, we hit on it uh, last week. Our special teams come through when we need them to come through as well. So we're playing good football collectively, uh, and that is what's allowing us to win these games. And like I said earlier, you really don't care about the numbers or our offense is this, our defense is that. You just want to get them wins. That is all because you can have an all-world offense or all-world defense and still get beat, and that's not, that's not helping anybody. You know, so at the end of the day, as long as we can get the win, that's all that matters. Yeah, really disappointed, first of all, to not see Blake Gillikin get special teams player of the week from having mm-hmm. that killer punt game. But, you know, this is how it goes, right? And, you know, you touched on a couple of things. we got to pay attention to what, what happens with Taysom Hill and had that nasty concussion. But, look, he's one of those guys, an extra week of rest from the bye week. I believe he's going to be ready to go. you got to keep an eye on what Deontay Harris is going to bring. He had a hamstring injury. You know, we're going to get our first glimpse of the team at Thursday's practice and kind of see what the availability shakes out. And, you know, look, I think from a a group perspective and a player's perspective, offense can move the ball well. Seahawks did not have a good tackling game last week. I know they have they're anchored really by Bobby Wagner, um, stellar linebacker there. Right. Jamal Adams, those guys. But look, Mm -hmm. I think there are some things you can exploit here. And if I'm Jameis Winston, you know, obviously you're playing in Seattle. Um, now it's Lumen Field, right? I remember when they played in the Kingdom and all that good stuff. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's the Seahawks crowd, which is going to be absolutely unruly. I don't think the Saints have felt have faced a crowd like that maybe since Carolina. I think Patriots were were definitely a big crowd too. But you know, Washington was mostly. I mean, it was probably half Saints fans there, right? But mm-hmm. Seattle's another level. I mean, they had a, a stadium built that's got the acoustics to channel. So. Look, what do you if you're facing a, a hostile area like that? I mean, I mean, protection calls are big things. Silent counts, big things. But what else from a like a receiver's perspective or a running back perspective? I mean, what all goes into that when you're having to face so much crowd noise from a, the different positions? You know, one, one thing that the Saints are going to do, uh, 
every time, every team I ever been on, whether it was New Orleans or any other team I've been on, anytime we went to play uh, the Seahawks or we played Kansas City, we always had crowd noise at our practice. Like literally when I say crowd noise, we have a, a big old, big old speakers in there. And when we about to snap the ball in practice before the snap, when we in the huddle, they rev it up loud as possible to where you really can't hear anything. But what that's doing is that's teaching us to communicate with each other in a hostile environment when, they, when you have a ton of crowd noise. Like I said, we're going to go on a lot of silent count. Receivers got to understand you got to look at the ball because you're not going to hear, you're not going to hear the cadence because you're the farthest one away from the ball. So you have to look at the ball and understand when the ball moves, that's when you move. So Because you, you, you're not going to hear the snap count. You're not going to hear it. You know, so these things are are getting practice every day in practice, just preparing for the crowd noise because they call it the 12th man for a reason. It is truly a 12th man up there. I, I really think that uh, Seattle and Kansas City are 1A and 1B when it comes to crowd noise. Uh, that's the type of that's the type of noise they they generate when you go to these these uh, these cities to play them. So, but trust me, they're going to be well prepared for it. Uh, they're going to already have the crowd noise in practice so they can, like I said, be prepared for it. So these things, they're, 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 they're opportunity for mishaps because of the crowd noise, but they're going to be prepared for it. Yeah, I, I think they will. I, I think that, that um, you know, especially if they can get Eric McCoy back, it sounds like he's on the right track and just waiting to go ahead. I think they'll probably ease him in maybe just a little, but, you know, he's going to be huge calling those pre-snap reads, the coverages that they'll see. And I think he's going to be a huge piece that, you know, many people don't talk about because it's offensive line there. You know, most people think, oh, you got one job that's, that's block, right? <laughs> Keep them from getting the quarterback. <laughs> and so much more goes into that, right? And so, yeah. and look, and then we talk about New Orleans. We asked a question for Seattle, but for New Orleans, New Orleans wins this game if they do what? Oh, my goodness. Like, it's kind of like we just said earlier, because they can have the same game plan. New Orleans win this game if they can get the run game going. And not just the run game, but what the run game does now, because because Seattle last game they played, like I said, they had tackle issues. So they wasn't tackling the ball the way they needed to. So if, if New Orleans can get the, the run game going, that's going to help them tremendously when they get to the play action game. Now you get those safeties sucking up, and now we can do exactly what Winston is great at, throwing the deep ball off play action. You know, so if we can get the run game going and be able to sprinkle in some play action passes and get Winston throwing some down the field throws, some explosion plays, because that's what he's done. He's, he's great at the deep ball. He's great at it. You know, so I think that is a victory for, for New Orleans. We have to get the run game going because it's going to open up everything else. Yeah, I would agree. And, and again, I feel like they're getting healthier. And, and I don't feel like playbook has been opened up as much as we probably think it should be right now. And so... You know, look, you've got this game. You've got Tampa and Atlanta and back-to-back weeks at home and such. So, I mean, there's a lot that rides on some of these games. And, again, you're three and two. You're second in the NFC South behind Tampa. You know, Carolina is one of those teams that's come back down to earth. But, you know, I think the NFC is starting to distance themselves in some of these kind of things where you're seeing pretenders and contenders. And, you know, look, Arizona's looked really good. I think right mm-hmm. now they're them and Tampa are the teams to beat at the moment. Dallas is yep. making a good run. Green Bay's kind of find their identity. You can't forget about, you know, the Rams, if you will. And so, look, again, you look at some of these other teams across the conference. I mean, you know, does New Orleans have the, the everything to stand toe-to-toe with them right now? I, I don't know if you could say that. But at the same time, I do believe since it's a 17-game season – 
still a lot of football to be played, but what have been some of your impressions from some of these other teams that have had these hot starts, if you will? Uh, I think that they started out the way they wanted to start out. And trust me, they understand that it's a long season. Injuries can occur. You know, different things can occur that can kind of mess your season up, per se. I can say really mess it up, but you just never know what these other teams are going to do. Right now, like I say, the Bucks. Right now, they're leading the division. They're hot right now. Uh, those That's the team that we're going to have to end up beating uh, to end up winning our division or uh, or really getting a shot to get into the playoffs. But it all depends on what these other teams are doing as well. So we have – it's a lot of teams in the NFC that's doing great right now. But what I like about New Orleans is they played, they played uh, five games. They're three and two. They had injuries. And – Winston, this is his first year playing quarterback, having been under, been under the center for the entire the entire game without uh, rotating in with Drew Brees on a cup, maybe a series or a play or something like that. I like the fact that we haven't played the meat of our schedule until after the bye week, because what that's going to do is these first five weeks, six weeks that we played, uh, we have this opportunity to get practice in. We're getting better as a team. I'd rather play the teams that we're playing, that we're about to play at the back of our uh, season. I'd rather play them the way we're about to play them now instead of playing them at the beginning. Because if we play those teams at the beginning of the season, we could really be sitting here 0-5. We really could because of the injuries, because of uh, Winston still trying to get familiar with the playbook and, and, we're still, and Coach Payton still trying to get familiar with the type of play calls to call that's going to help Winston. So we was figuring things out. You know, and and trying to just fight through these injury situations, but now we're getting healthy again. So when we start to play these teams at the back end of our season, guess what? We're not going to be the same Saints team that you've seen uh, week one, two, three, four, and five. You're not. We're not going to be the same team. You know, so I'm not. I'm not sure what we can do, but I think we have a better chance of beating these teams at the back end of our schedule than we did at the beginning of our schedule. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. I, I think that. You know, you look at it again, that's been always the big thing with the Saints is they're going to get healthy at the right time. And then -hmm. again, you get to see what they're really made of, because, again, going into this season, everybody just kind of made it out and says, well, they don't have Drew. So this team's pretty much dead in the water. And, you know, look, Vegas is what nine and a half is what they gave them. I thought 10 was right. I picked it up and bumped it up to 11. I still believe they can be 11 win team. I still think they can stand toe to toe with some of these guys. But, you know, it comes down to an execution standpoint. It comes down to a, you know, if you're going to get these players back, the impact you're going to make when Michael Thomas comes back, the chemistry with Jameis Winston, that's going to need to develop just a little bit. And, you know, you get Traquan Smith back hopefully this week, that's going to be a huge boost to the offense, whether you feel a certain way or not. And I think that it opens up a lot of things for the tight ends. It opens up things for running backs out of the backfield. You know, there's mm-hmm. just a lot of things that you look at the saints team and on paper, when they get to full strength, you know, they're a team that you, you really can't sleep on for sure. So, I mean, and you kind of alluded to this. I think I know where you're going, but, you know, Vegas has the Saints as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-under, I think, is only 42-and-a-half for this game. So who wins this one and why? I'm going with the Saints. I'm going with the Saints because they have a quarterback that has been starting for them all year. Uh, And I think Winston can lead us to victory, even though we're going up to a hostile situation. I think Winston can can lead us to victory, especially with him just – just playing his game and playing within the system that Coach Payton has, has put together for him, uh, and also our defense stepping up and doing what they've been doing all year. Just playing solid, bend but don't break, make plays when you need to make those plays. Special teams, just go on and be solid special teams. 
special teams, I feel like you don't have to win. The Saints don't have to win the special teams battle. Just don't allow the Seahawks to win the special teams battle. So if special teams can just break even with the Seahawks special teams, I feel like we are the better team uh, overall. If, if, if you eliminate the mistakes that could happen or the swings of the game, if you just look at it on paper, I feel like we are the better team, especially with them having – now, if Wilson was back, then, you know, it'll be, it'll be different. But with Geno playing quarterback, not saying he's a bad quarterback, but I still feel like we are a better team than, than the Seahawks with, with Geno playing quarterback for them. Yeah, and look, I will tell you, I will take the over, first of all. I think that the Saints are going to win this. Um, I think it's going to be more of like a 31-26 victory, 31-27 victory for them. And look, I, again, I don't say this comes down to a kick because you mentioned special teams. Look, they're on their, what, fourth kicker now since Will Lutz has been hurt. And so, look, I hope it it comes down to where they don't have to rely on that. But the reality is the Saints are only 25% on their field goals this year, and they've only made one, one of four, right? And they're oh like at the bottom of the yeah. league. And so, again, I think some of that has played into Sean's decision. You know, you find out Cody Parkey got hurt and the groin. Rojas couldn't make it. Uh, Mar got hurt, you know, and such. So, Will Lutz couldn't come back sooner for sure. Um, but I, I think I like the Saints in this one. I think they're going to win. I don't think it's going to be – it probably I, I see this playing out that they'll be close at the half, but the Saints are going to be the second half team that kind of pulls away a little bit. Seattle will try to make a late rally, but the Saints will kind of have this game wrapped up by early in the fourth quarter is the way I see it play out. But we'll I, I see. Agree. I mean, yep. Monday night football, it's always a fun spectacle. Uh, and I'll be traveling out to Seattle on Saturday and getting adjusted to that jet lag and all that fun West Coast time. It's like a 5.15 start over there, so that's a little bit weird in itself. But, Terrence, anything, any parting thoughts or shots before we head out? Not at all. Just go Saints. That's it. That's all. We'll talk at you guys next week. On behalf of Terrence Copper, I'm John Hendricks for Believe in Saints. Be sure to check us out on social media and follow and download that podcast, guys. We appreciate all the support as always. Y'all have a good one. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube